Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama students and teachers. I'm Nick Waxman, here with my knowledgeable co-host Ellie Arez. Today's topic, Stanislavski. Stanislavski! Do you mean Konstantin Sergeyevich Alexeyev? Yes, but he changed his name to Konstantin Stanislavski in 1884. Probably the, the most famous practitioner in theatre history. Other than Brecht? Yes. In ten minutes? Let's do it! Stanislavski is all about actors discovering their characters' motivation on stage and their lives off stage, hoping to create productions that are naturalistic. Born in 1863, Stanislavski was lucky enough to be born in an affluent family, so he, he was able to attend the theatre. In 1898, he founded the Moscow Arts Theatre in Moscow with Vladimir Danchenko. Stanislavski, who I now will call Stan the Man... I will not be doing that. Very well. Stan the Man has considerable wealth, uh, but he only contributed to the establishment of the company. Matt, Moscow Arts Theatre, was owned by the shareholders. This was a real community theatre. During the Stalin years, many of the works presented at Matt promoted socialism to appease the new order. Stan the Man couldn't beat them, so he joined them. Leo Tolstoy was a playwright and novelist who began a tradition of psychological Russian realism. With these new plays, they needed a new acting style. And in comes Stanislavski. Stan the man. Yeah, whatever. Uh, This also meant uh, works by Chekhov that were unappreciated before could be given a new life. Plays such as The Seagull were a hit, and so Stanislavski began working on his system. Stan the Man may well be known for realism, but he was an experimenter too. He played with symbolism and worked on presenting works of Shakespeare that are decidedly heightened in nature. But let's be Stanislavski purists for a few minutes. What do you need for a realistic production? Number one, the fourth wall. An invisible fourth wall that separates the audience and the actors. Often performed in a proscenium, this invisible wall gives the illusion of real life being played out on the stage. Number two, everyday conversations and style of speaking. No heightened language or poetry, just conversation. Number three, ordinary people. People of middle or working classes. Number four, acting that gives the impression of reality on stage. Number five... A carefully created representation of real life through sets and costumes that is still theatrically effective. Number six, real settings. No fairy tales or fantasy. And number seven, real time. Action occurring in real time. The system is a term used to describe Stan the Man's work. Stanislavski wanted to nurture his actors into delivering good performances. The system focuses mainly on helping an actor recall the emotions needed for a role. Here is some important terminology. Emotional memory. Emotional memory is when the actor uses a real experience where they felt a similar emotion to the characters they are playing. They recall that emotional memory and use it in the scene when they're acting. The given circumstance. The given circumstance is everything in the play, outside the play and about your character that an actor might want or need to know. It is the entire context for the character's existence, their age, their sex, their physicality, injuries, past experiences, upbringing, anything the play tells you and anything you can fairly infer. Physical actions. Physical actions can be used to assist an actor in understanding their character. Consider the simple act of tying your shoe, and then consider how someone may tie their shoe on the day of their wedding. 
or on their first day of a new job, or their last. The subtext. The subtext is the actual meaning and motivation of any spoken word or action on stage. I may say something or do something, but mean something entirely different. I may say sorry, for example, and shake your hand, but do I mean it? And why am I doing it? The magic if. The magic if is, what would I do if I was in this situation? Consider how you would act if you were the character. The objective. What is your character trying to achieve in the scene or moment? I wish to leave this conversation. I wish to shove jelly beans up your nose. I wish to eat one more potato. I wish to finish this book. The super objective is the overarching objective for the whole play. The long game. Here are a few ways of thinking about Stanislavski's work and activities for actors. The circle of attention. Here we can picture three concentric circles. First circle is isolation. You're the only uh, aware of your character. Know your character. Know your objectives and motivations. And now the second circle, your partner. Grow your awareness to include the person in the scene that you're with. Know them in relation to you. And finally, the third circle. Know the others in the production. Be aware of them in relation to yourself. Consider doing this in your rehearsal process. Spend time alone, away from your fellow actors, getting to understand your character. Complete a character profile. Read the script alone and highlight all the lines and stage directions and comments made about your character. Research the time, the place, the culture and society, the context of the play. Know your character, not other characters, and and get into the mind of your character. Tempo and rhythm. Know your character's rhythm inside and outside. There is a beat that runs inside you and a tempo you display. Know your character's inner and outer rhythm. Know your character's motivation. Know what you want in each scene for the whole play. Know what you want in each moment. Stanislavski believed the actors should be physically fit and be able to meet the demands of a role. The demands could be flexibility or rigidity. The actor should be versatile enough for both. This means you need to be physically fit, vocally strong and mentally focused. From aerobic fitness to diction and mental agility. Improvisation is a crucial part of the rehearsal process and Stan the Man wanted the actor to spend time in that inner circle focused on their character and their feelings. Every actor selfishly focused on their own emotional journey may seem like a mess, but the great direction allowed for these works to be expertly curated. Try it yourself. Go into your rehearsals with only your motivations in mind. Play, play, and play again. Listen to others, but follow your objectives and motivations. Sets, costumes, and props were realistic. Surprise, surprise. Stanislavski saw the theatre as a mirror to reflect society, to get the audience to relate to the characters and use the power of theatre to change people's minds. It was a psychological experience. Brecht, another theatre practitioner, felt the opposite. He saw the theatre as a hammer that you could use to shape society. Stanislavski wanted the audience to feel and be absorbed in the action. And it may seem odd to read now, but plays by Chekhov and even Ibsen were contemporary for the time. If you are to present these plays, you'll obviously seem quite dated with language that is not conversational or ordinary, perhaps the opposite. But if you use Stanislavski's techniques with modern plays, you will see their power. 
Stanislavski's system had been adapted uh, by American actors into something called method acting, or the method. This is not officially Stanislavski's technique, but a mutated version. It should not be confused with the system we have discussed today. For more information on, on Stanislavski and his system, read An Actor Prepares. You love An Actor Prepares, Ellie. I certainly do. You might even have a pretty awesome memory What's your favourite uh, yes. bit? Favorite well, bit. I'm not remembering the names correctly because it's been uh, probably about 30 years since I read the book. But there is one chapter in which uh, the great director is asking his students to perform a scene. And he calls up two students, Sonia and Masha, to play out this scene where Sonia uh, is is from an affluent family and she's allowed to attend this very prestigious acting school and she's just found out that her parents have been bankrupted and she can no longer afford to go to the school uh, and he asks Sonia to you know play this scene out with Masha and Masha is to play the very very um, concerned friend who is bringing her this very expensive brooch so that she can sell the brooch and pay for her future studies at the school and Masha and Sonia have to have this argument in this, in this performance where, you know, Sonia says, I can't accept the brooch. And Masha says, but you must. And, and so it goes on until Masha finally stands up, places the brooch or pins the brooch to the curtain and walks out the door. And Sonia rushes to the door and screams, please, please come back, take the brooch. Um, but, but eventually resides herself to the fact that she can't do that and and goes back to the curtain to find the brooch um, at which point she starts the actor playing out the scene of looking for the brooch and of course the director explains that you have to find this brooch and she wails and screams and tears at the curtain and beats her heart and and of course can't find the brooch and at the end of the scene the director asks Sonia how did she feel about the scene and she says I felt so in the moment I was completely in role and and it was fantastic and I completely believed the given circumstances etc and the director says well that's great but where's the brooch and Sonia looks at him startled and exclaims I, I couldn't find it and the director says, well, if you can't find the brooch, you can't attend my prestigious acting school. And so she stops and goes back to the curtain and very carefully starts to move through the fabric and unfold it and, and, and meticulously search for this brooch. And then the director says, stop. That's it. That's what I want. And suddenly the actor realises that the performance is not about, you know, putting on airs and graces and, and performing, but rather being real and true to the given circumstance. And it's this fantastic chapter in the book that makes you realise the, the power of really believing in the moment. And just being, just acting. Yeah. Just knowing your, your, the situation and going for it. You have another exercise that you do with your students. <laughs> I do, I do. sounds particularly cruel. I, <laughs> I, I, I really, but fun. I, yeah, it is, I think it is really fun. You get uh, four chairs and you can get the actors to sit on the chairs, the students watching if you want to, just so they can have that intimate relationship to the scene. But it's really simple and it's almost a game. Uh, you have a museum or a fake museum that is spaced out by these four chairs and you have two characters, the guard and the thief. And in it, you place an object, a watch, could be a marble, could be anything. The guard has to protect the marble and the thief has to steal the marble. 
but then you tell everyone, well, actually, unfortunately, all the lights have gone out in the museum. It's pitch black, and you now have to find it assuming it's dark. So you don't actually turn the lights out at all. The actors just pretend it's dark, and then you watch the action for a moment, and then you comment, and then you produce blindfolds, and you actually blind the students, making them feel like it is pitch black. Can't you just poke them in the eye? Or you could, of course, poke them in the eye, which no, we do not recommend. No, uh, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and then you play the scene out identically. You move the object so they don't know where, where it is and they have to find it and protect it or steal it. Uh, and then you see what the actors truly look like when they can't see. And then you have a reflection on that. Then you go again, take the blindfolds off, and then they can have that experience of actually feeling like it's dark and I, it's pretty powerful, I, I, very similar to your story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's great. Stan the man, love it. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have time for on the aside. Thanks to Aaron Searle for providing the music and Elson College for letting us record here. There are, in fact, a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to listen to one that grabs your attention. Do not hesitate to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Send us a question and we can answer it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>